2.40. Let's turn to the last part of today's 1.2.3 show, and that is a bit of trash talk. And this week on Trash Talk, Marcy Trent Long speaks with Dr. Christelle Knott, who is an assistant professor of HKU Earth Sciences and the Swai Institute of Marine Sciences about the microplastics issue. Hey, Trash Talk listeners, more and more research is coming out about the implications of microplastics in the oceans, in our soil, and even in our stool. So it's time to have an expert on the show to talk about the latest microplastic research here in Hong Kong. Dr. Christelle Knott, an assistant professor at HKU Earth Sciences and Swire Institute of Marine Sciences, is the most knowledgeable expert in Hong Kong that I've ever met. Welcome to the show, Christelle. Thank you. Can I call you Christelle of or course. Dr. Not? Of Christelle, please. Okay, great. So maybe you could just tell us a little bit about how do you get into this field of microplastics and, and land in HKU? So in fact, I started to study microplastic when I arrived at HKU. So I've been, um, when I arrived at HKU, I started to teach ocean oceanography, ocean-related courses. And Hong Kong is a coastal city. So within my course, I wanted to discuss local issues. And then in the meantime, I met uh, Dana and Tracy from Plastic Free Sea, and they were starting their sea classroom program. And we were talking and said, okay, how can we really use the sea classroom further and try to get quantitative data. So I decided to use or to, to teach the university students the microplastic issues and we work on real samples and we start to quantify the, the microplastic present in Hong Kong water. So it's all started there. And then we look at the first data and we say, oh, it's very variable. And why is that? So we wanted to have more answers. Okay. Why some month it's very high and the other day it's very low. So what are the reasons for that? What are the current, the rain? So we started to work on the issues why microplastic quantity in Hong Kong water changed through time. Huh, by the quantity of the microplastics. Because how has it changed over time? It's impressive. It could be from zero in a week. And then the next week, it could be thousands of pieces per 100 cubic meters. So it's really from nothing to more than the global average or very close to the Pacific garbage patch. So it's a very huge difference. And we still don't understand completely why. <laughs> we have some ideas. So what are your ideas? So we think that first the seasons are important, but also the rain, for example. Uh, after every rainfall, we see more. So it means it's wash up. Uh, the current, the ocean current also affect that. So there is several factors that are, uh, play a role in how much plastic is out there. Does it make a difference, the currents as well? I mean, uh, or whether they're coming north to yes. south or south to north? Yes. It, it depends where you are in Hong Kong. But uh, if you are on the west side of Hong Kong, you have an influence, especially during summer months, from the Pearl River. And it has been estimated that the Pearl River is one of the most important rivers that uh, carry microplastic, or plastic in general and microplastic. Right, because it's, uh, it's obviously, a, uh, I don't want to use the term dumping ground, but it, it's so many rivers flow into it from land. And we all know that the plastic is actually all coming from the land. So. Yes. Um, and so, but you're also looking at mangroves. Yes. So we have started to work in mangroves because 
they are a critical uh, coastline ecosystem. If you look in Asia, they represent more than one third of the coastline. But in the same time in Asia, it's where we have most of the plastic. So the idea was really to try to understand are there sources, are there sinks? And um, mangrove trees, some of the species have very specific roots that are aerial, so they are outside of uh, the soil, if you want. And this, um, the key question was, are they a trap for the plastic? And if they are a trap for the big plastic pieces, we believe that they will increase the production of microplastic. Oh. So if the big plastic pieces stay trapped there, right. then they will fragmentate, break down in smaller microplastics. So we suspect that mangroves are particularly impacted by microplastic pollution. Oh, that's interesting. But on one hand, they're a filter, right? Because the plastic stops from going out into the ocean by getting stuck in the mangrove, right? But the worst part, obviously, it's much harder to pick up a microplastic than a big yeah, trash bag. Yeah. To be honest, cleaning microplastic, it's tedious. It's very almost, to not say impossible. But almost impossible. Yes, almost I'm, impossible. I'm with you on that. And is it the mangroves mostly around Shenzhen that you're working in? Or? So, Around Hong Kong, there is several patches of Hong Kong. There is uh, of mangrove. Sorry, there is some uh, in Tongchong. The most important one is Maipo, obviously, yeah. and there is a small patch in Pakhnai nearby. Uh, and there is also some in the western part um, in of Hong Kong, like Shuiho. And so there is several patches in Hong Kong, and we can see that there are some are relatively clean, and others are really, really uh, bad. Seeing pictures of mangroves and their trees with plastic. It's like, you know, Christmas tree, but it's all plastic. Yeah. It's really impressive and sad. Yeah, see. and it's, it must be, it's not like you go do a beach cleanup on the mangroves, right? You can't send a bunch of people down to clean it it's up. It's much or? more difficult because ah. the trees, the high density of the trees, uh, and usually they are in more um, area that are much more difficult to reach. So uh, the government is cleaning some of them, I need to say, but the idea to work on the mangrove is we need to understand how important or how threatened they are by the Got plastic it. pollution because there is these trees, but there is a lot of fauna related to that. There is a lot of crabs, uh, different organisms, animals that live there. And if there is a lot more plastic there, then there will be uh, a bigger threat. Yeah. And died. Which, which brings us to that just general comment that... Um, all the research has been out there that microplastics seem to be pretty ubiquitous now, right? So you find it in your fish, they find it in soil, food, agriculture products, and now pretty common in human organs. So I, I guess the question is, is there, <laughs> is there any way out? And what are some of our uh, long-term options for that? So yeah, clearly there is microplastic in a lot of different animals in that we eat like seafood, fish. This is no question. We have, there is really hundreds of scientific research on that. There is few scientific research, but much less on human. That I think now we know that we are ingesting, heating some of this plastic. What are the impact of that for your human health? It's, we still have no clear answer. But I believe that it's not a big human health risk at the moment with the quantity of plastic that we find in the environment or in the fish or in the seafood. But the microplastic also have been seen to be carrier of other type of pollutant, heavy metal, organic pollutant. And this chemical are much more dangerous for the human health. 
And there is really very little to not say almost no research on that at the moment. So it's one of the direction that uh, especially uh, human health researchers are working on. What is the impact of other pollutants associated to microplastic on our health? Uh, are they working that on that in Hong Kong at HKU or I'm, Hong Kong government research? Or? I'm not aware of any research done in Hong Kong on that topic. Hmm. So maybe we're going to have to ask them to please do it. <laughs> well, then what kind of microplastic research are they doing here? So in Hong Kong, we are focusing, I would say, that three different big areas. First, can we try to limit the input in the environment? So understand what are the source of the plastic or the microplastic. The breakdown of the big plastic into the microplastic, what are this process? How fast it happen? So then we can come up with some action. Shall we clean very often or less often? So these are one of the areas where there is research done. The second would be really technological solution. Can we clean the plastic out there? What are the options to, to clean? For example, can we have more efficient wastewater treatment plant that will keep on the plastic that come from drained water? And the third area, it's, I would call that all the alternative plastic. What do we know about bioplastic? Are they really a true solution or not? So this is the research that um, I think are happening in Hong Kong at the moment. Yeah, well, that bioplastic one is super important, right? Because you want to know for sure that you're not just making more microplastic with the bioplastic. Maybe you could talk about that a little bit and back to that sewage treatment and the, you know, the kind of microplastics that are going through the water system uh, right now. What are some of the sources for that? So I think the most uh, well-known one are the microbeads, so all the plastic pieces that are in personal care product, facial scrubs, uh, toothpaste. Aren't they banned in Hong Kong? Not yet. Not yet. There is a voluntary scheme that is, um, so I think is out now, or so very soon, uh, to ban the microbeads from facial scrubs. Uh, but it's not a complete ban, it's a voluntary scheme. But um, the government is working on that. But I will say it's not the perfect solution neither. So we need to really, uh, there is a lot of way to contour the, <laughs> the scheme or the ban even in other country. So uh, it's very important to have research to say, okay, how the ban should be put in the legal system to really limit alternative and to focus on non-plastic or non-plastic base or plastic like alternative yeah. and I, I guess you know you have to as scientists right you got to know like how big is micro you have to measure the size of the microplastic or something like that yes right? so microplastic yeah. Yeah, i didn't even <laughs> mention that but microplastic it's any plastic pieces that it's smaller than five millimeter okay so five millimeter it's half a centimeter which is quite big mm. uh and there is no clear uh, lower limit so it could be really micrometer size pieces that we cannot see with bare eyes, so we need microscope. So it's really a large range of size. Hmm. Okay, so that's, I still think that's pretty small. What about laundry, you know, and uh, other sources like that for microplastic? Yes, textile is another source. All so when I buy my polyester, you know, sports shirt, I'm also basically creating microplastic in the ocean. Very likely. Hmm. So this is, there is several options that have been put to test at least uh, in some in large scale. So you can first put a filter in your washing machine that will limit 
the plastic, the, the fibers to reach the drain water. And also there is research for the wastewater treatment to try to really capture this. So there is some area to try to really limit their release into the ocean. All right. And there's a lot of citizen science out there, right? You mentioned that you work with plastic-free seas. What are some of the projects that just general we citizens can help with microplastics? So, yeah, we, yeah, exactly. I work with plastic-free seas and the really the benefit and the, the, the beauty of working with citizens, it's people are very interesting and willing to help. So we can have a quantity of samples that is not feasible to have with just a team of two or three. So, uh, for example, we put a project with Plastic Free Sea and Morgan Stanley. And during three months, their volunteers were going and collect samples. So it allowed us to have very, very regularly samples. And it's one of the studies that um, allow us to understand the impact of rain. So we were looking each time there is rain, typhoon, amber signal, and we went out, always at the same location, always with the same protocol. And it helped us to understand, okay, every rain have an impact on the quantity of plastic that we found in the water. So this, it's really useful to get people helping us and, and being able to collect more a sample with us. Yeah, and I guess it's just important that even if it rains, we should be, our citizen science should just be, if you see a big piece of plastic, pick it up. Yes, and yes. toss it, or e even if you can't recycle it, which would be the best, uh, at least just get rid of it. Otherwise, we are an island and an archipelago. And we are surrounded by water. And we know very little in terms of science. You say even rain, we know that it's increased, but why exactly and it's not only amber rainstorm give us 10 times more microplastic it's not as straightforward there is a lot of factor that works together so thinking that okay it rains let's go and clean the ocean but maybe on that day we'll have very little so it's not very it's not a very direct link there is some correlation but it's not direct so at the end if we really want to reduce and limit the plastic that are there it's just try to first stop using plastic. Oh. Just collecting plastic. We don't have the science knowledge to say, okay, this is the good time to collect. So yeah, it's a better time, but is it the best? Is it the perfect? We don't know it yet. Mm, all right, words of wisdom from Dr. Christelle Knott at uh, HKU Earth Sciences and Swire Institute of Marine Sciences. Um, reach out to Plastic Free Seas if you wanna work on microplastic research. Yes. And uh, go and get your undergraduate degree at the Swire <laughs> Institute of Marine Sciences and learn more about the ocean. Yeah, well, just reach out. We are very happy to always uh, discuss with people if they are interested to learn more about microplastic research in general. That's great. Thank you, Christelle. Welcome. You can find all the Trash Talk episodes on iTunes and the RTHK On The Go app. Thanks to our partners, Plastic Free Seas, if you like what you hear, I also host the Sustainable Asia podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube for a more in-depth look at sustainability issues here in Asia. Many thanks once again to Marcy Trent Long for her great discussion with Dr. Christelle Knott, who is an assistant professor of HKU Earth Sciences and the Swai Institute of Marine Sciences. And they were chatting a little bit more about the microplastic issue uh, here in Hong Kong. <laughs>